Aha, uh -huh. right. Well, we're glad. We're we're glad she's back. She had a great time in Texas with with uh, with uh, the grandson. But um, anyway, it's good to have you here tonight. Glad that you're here. I'm glad we didn't get as much snow as we thought we were going to get. The big Kahuna didn't it just didn't happen, did it? I I texted a pastor friend down in the Springs, and uh, they got about six inches down there. Yeah, so it was quite a bit. All right. Well, before we go any further, let's bow for prayer. Father, we do thank you for this for this day. Help us to simply trust you every day. And uh, we do thank you for bringing Violet back safely. We pray you'll bless us now tonight as we look into your word, as we continue this series in Psalm 23, our great shepherd. And uh, we'll thank you and praise you for that. Give us liberty, Lord. Give us unction and uh, the words to say. May we rightly divide the word of truth tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I just want to kind of go over the previous lesson that we had last week, that was our first lesson, and uh, just, just kind of touch a little bit on uh, what we covered then, and then we'll get into uh, the conclusion of this lesson, all right? So Psalm 23, uh, I trust that you've taken time to read it. Uh, you've taken time to read Psalm 23, and uh, we shared some facts, and I'm just going to go through these very quickly. There are 150 psalms. Uh, the Hebrew name for psalms is Tehillim, which means praises. We know that David wrote about 73 of these 150. Moses wrote one. That was Psalm 90. Solomon, the son of David, wrote two of them. Asaph wrote 12, and those 12 were 50 and 73 through 83. Haman, the Ezraite, wrote one. And Ethan, the Ezraite, wrote one. And these three men, Asaph, Heman, Haman, I'm sure I just pronounce that, and Ethan, uh, they were Levite musicians, okay? The sons of Korah wrote 11 of the Psalms. Hezekiah wrote five, uh, 10 of these. And there are 39 that are anonymous. We're not sure who wrote these Psalms, okay? And it took 500 years to compile all of these. Can you imagine? It's just hard to imagine that, to conceive that. 500 years to write these Psalms. Now, if you've never, and I'm not going to ask you if you've ever read them, uh, but uh, if you've never read all, all the Psalms, I encourage you to do that. It won't take you that long. Read 100, uh, there's 150 of them, and uh, maybe take five or ten a, a day or, or evening, and you can read through them. All right, we also said that Psalms, the Greek word is Psalmos, and what's the Spanish word for Psalms? Psalmos, right, okay. Uh, it's a poem to be sung with a harp or with a stringed instrument. Now, Psalm 23 has been called by many Bible scholars the Pearl of Psalms, and that's because of the gems that are in this precious psalm. Uh, we, uh, many Bible scholars believe that David at this point uh, at, at, when he wrote this psalm, all right, he, he's now an old man, and um, you know he has seen life, and and uh, God has blessed him and used him. Of course, we know that he was not a perfect man. There's no such thing. He was a sinner, saved by grace, just just as we are. Uh, he placed his faith and trust in God, and and God actually said that he was a man after his own heart. 
in spite of the same sins that he committed, uh, murder, adultery, and uh, so on. Uh, again, that's kind of hard to understand, uh, you know, why, why, why God said that, that he was a man after his own heart. Why do you think that is? Yes, Because Doug. if he took the 2% that he did that was absolutely wrong, and the 98 that he sought God and taught God and, and followed Him. Yes, that's good. That's a good answer. You came up with that by yourself, didn't you? No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he, he, he of course, he, he greatly sinned. He was a great sinner, but he was, uh, he'd been greatly forgiven. Amen. And that's the same of you and, you and I. Um, and then, let's see, where else are we? I think we got this far here, the great shepherd. We said that he is a uh, personal. Um, let me give you the outline. This is going to be the outline basically for this series. First of all, the great shepherd is personal to his sheep. Second, he provides for his sheep. Third, he is pitiful to his sheep. Fourth, he protects his sheep. Fifth, he prepares for his sheep. And then finally... He has a plan for his sheep. And uh, so we saw last week that, uh, that he is personal to his sheep. That's the first thing. And we see that he is a divine person. And you notice that David begins this psalm with the Lord. Let me get there. Psalm 23. And again, I hope you've taken time to read through this psalm, become familiar with it. The Lord, and you'll notice that it's all capitalized, Lord is all capitalized, is my shepherd. And the Lord, uh, that word Lord is the Hebrew word Yahweh, and uh, Yahweh means he who is Jehovah, the self-existing or eternal existing one. Okay? Now then, that's kind of a real quick, brief uh, summary there of the previous lesson. So tonight we're going to look at um, the matter of the shepherd being personal. Okay, and I think we we got down to uh, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, no, the Jehovahistic. No, no, no. But we did. We did say that uh, he who is Jehovah is self-existing. I gave that. And then we said that we were going to look at, and that's, this is where we are tonight, the Jehovistic, and am I saying that right? Jehovistic combinations, okay? And the Jehovistic combinations, in the Old Testament, uh, we will find what are called Jehovistic combinations. And, and what, it, what these are, it, it's the name Jehovah plus another word describing God's character. And you know, God has many, many names. I believe... Mark, you have my set. You have my set on the, the, known, the names of Jesus. What is there? I can't remember. There's four, five, five volumes in this set. The names of Jesus, and uh, uh, just when you begin to read the scriptures, and just interesting to see some of the names that he has called. Can you think of one? The Son of God. That's the best one, maybe. What else? What are the names? Wonderful counselor, the mighty God. The Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, 
Uh, but there are other names also. And we, sp- we find these especially in the Old Testament. And uh, the first one we're going to look at here is Jehovah Jireh. Have you ever heard that word? Yeah. All right, Jehovah Jireh. And that means the Lord will provide. Now, I've got a lot of scripture tonight to cover. And uh, I wonder if you'll help me with it. Brother um, Gabe, would you start off, please? Genesis 22. And this is a sort of a long one here. Genesis 22, verses 1 through 14. And here we have the account of, of, uh, of uh, Abraham, God calling Abraham and asking him to do something. Yes, sir. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him... And by the way, excuse me, by the way, that word tested there uh, means what? Or you say it's tested, right? Um, I, think in, I think in... There's a reason why I said this. Yeah, Genesis 22. What does it say? Tested. Okay. In Genesis 22 and uh, verse 1, it says in, in, in the King James, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Well, he didn't tempt him, didn't tempt him to do wrong, but he tested him. And that is correct. It means he tested him. Go ahead, Ruthie. And he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early to the morning, sat on his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Hmm. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand, and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy, or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram, caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. 
as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Thank you, Brother Gabe. Uh, does it, do any of you translate? Yes, Brother Sam. No, I was going to say, in, in, in the King James, it actually says there, Jehovah Jireh. And does, does any of you have that in your translations? <clears throat> no? All right. Well, it actually says Jehovah Jireh there, which means the Lord will provide, as it said in, uh, in your reading, Brother Gabe. Now, this is the place, uh, Moriah... Uh, we know that this is the place that would later be called Mount Moriah, where uh, Solomon built the temple. I found this this afternoon. Mount Moriah, in Old City, Jerusalem, is the city of numerous biblical acts of faith. It is also one of the most valuable pieces of real estate and one of the most hotly contested pieces of real estate on earth. This is a profoundly sacred area to Christians, Jews, and Muslims. Sitting atop Mount Moriah today is the Temple Mount. We probably all have seen pictures of that. Anybody here not familiar with where that? Okay. Uh, it's a 37-acre tract of land where the Jewish temple once stood. Several important Islamic holy sites are there now, including the Dome of the Rock, the big dome there with the gold uh, dome on top there, um, a Muslim shrine built 1,300 years ago, and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. All right. So... In this case here, we see that Jehovah is the God who will provide for us. And I gave you a couple of verses there, John uh, one twenty nine and Philippians 4.19. We won't have time to look at all these verses tonight, but if you take the time to, to, to look at them, all right? And uh, then, uh, Melody, if you read Exodus 17.15, um, Brother Sam, if you'll read Judges 6.24, please. And uh, Brother uh, Doug, would you read Exodus 1526? 1526, yes, sir. Violet, um, 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 um. would you read, please? Leviticus 20, verse 7 and 8. And uh, uh, Sterling, Jeremiah 23, verse 5 and 6. Um, Miss Janet, would you mind reading? Are you all right to read? Where are you? If you can see, is that what you said? I'll have you read. I'll have, uh, did I already give you one? No. All right, if you'll take it then. Yeah, Ezekiel 48, verse 35. And then one more. Uh, yes, okay. For Samuel, 1 and verse 3. For Samuel, chapter 1 and verse 3. That's eight, and then we'll get to the ninth one, okay? All right, so the first one is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. The second Jehovistic name we find is Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi, and that means the Lord is my banner. He's my banner. And we see this in Exodus 17, verse 15. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. All right, and that means... The Lord is my banner. The word Nisi is a banner. And this was an altar erected by Moses uh, to commemorate the defeat of the Amalekites. A banner represents the leadership of the Lord in the lives of his people. Now, there's a verse, I'm trying to remember where it is. His banner over me is love. You recall that? And there's a little course about that, I think. His banner over me is love. Goodness, I haven't heard that in years. 
the one we sang tonight. I hadn't heard that one in a long, long time also. But uh, who remembers the words of that? No, yeah, well, the Lord is, his banner over me is love, is love. Anyway, it's kind of repetitious, but yeah, anyway. So, Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. And uh, his leadership is over us. That's what this is referring to. All right, the third one, and who's got Judges 6.24? Uh, Brother Sam, right? The third one here, go ahead and read that. That's close. <laughs> All right. This was an altar that was built by Gideon. All right. After God called him to deliver Israel from the, the Midianites. Uh, the, the, the Lord, our peace. And he is our peace. And when you, uh, when you know him as your Lord and Savior, he brings a perfect peace into, into your heart. If you have any questions about these as we go along or comment, let me know. All right. The fourth one. Is um, Exodus fifteen twenty six, uh, who has yes, Doug. It says saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in His eyes and give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your healer. Yes, all right. That is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, and that simply means the Lord that heals. How many of you have ever been healed? Now you didn't go to a healer, right? You didn't. You, you didn't. You didn't go to. A, I believe in divine healing. I don't believe in divine healers. Okay, only God has the power to to heal. And of course, we've all. I'm sure we've all had that experience where He healed us, whatever the issue was, whatever sickness we had, and He brought us through that. And uh, so, Jehovah uh, Rapha. Did we get, did we do number three? Yeah. Yeah, okay, Jehovah Shal- Shalom. Mm-hmm. We did that one? Mm-hmm. All right. Number four, uh, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Now, God made a promise to Moses and, of course, to Israel that, that he would put none of them, uh, none, he wouldn't put upon them the diseases that had plagued the Egyptians. And we know about those diseases and those plagues that he brought upon them. Number five, Jehovah Kadash. Jehovah Kadash. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy. For I am the Lord your God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. All right. And this was a reminder here. And again, there's other verses there that you can, you can look up. Uh, there's a re- this is a reminder that Israel wants to be holy. And that they were to be a separate, separated people. And of course, that applies for us today also. Number six, Jehovah. Now, this is the tough one here. How would you pronounce that one? Huh? No, that's the. I get the one I could pronounce. You could, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, I believe it's Tishkanu. Something like that. That's 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 pretty close. Jehovah T- 
Tishkanu. And that means the Lord our righteousness. Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. All right, and the Hebrew would be Jehovah Tishkanu. And this was a prophecy here of the coming Messiah. And he would be righteous. He was righteous. Uh, I, want, I want us to look at Matthew, somebody who hadn't, I called him, Matthew 27, 24. Would you like to read that? Andre? Andre, Andre, Andre. Matthew twenty seven twenty four. Okay. Now, what does it mean to be righteous? Why he's looking that verse up? What does it mean to be righteous? Pardon. Right before God. Okay. All right. That, that's certainly part of it. Yes, sir. To be set apart. All right. And what else? To be righteous. He was speaking of the Lord Jesus here, and he said he was innocent, okay? And it, it, that's what it means. Righteous means to be innocent and, and, and to be holy, to be just. That's just some of the uh, words. Yes, Mark? So it, it's, it's like Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He made him the and he sinned for us, and that's how it applies to us, is... His righteousness basically is Jesus Christ taking our account onto Himself and God the Father looking at us and seeing Jesus Christ on our behalf. Good, good. Yes. We have no righteousness of our own. We have, we're clothed with the righteousness of, of the Lord Jesus. And that's what God sees. He sees His righteousness, not ours. Okay? Um, I was looking at another verse here in Luke... Chapter, and I think I've, I've got these on your lesson sheet there. In Luke 23 and uh, verse 47, it says, now this is when the Lord Jesus is on the cross, all right? It says, now when the centurion saw what was done, he glorified God, saying, certainly this was a righteous man. And so this verse in, in Jeremiah, again, it's referring to, it's a prophecy concerning the coming of a righteous one, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Number seven, Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah. And that means the Lord is there. Well, He's everywhere, isn't He? Ezekiel 48 and verse 35. Who has that one? Yes, Brother uh, Diego. The Lord is there. Jehovah Shammah. 
And uh, again, in, in, in this, this was to be the name of the new Jerusalem. All right. uh, the city of the Lord during the millennium of the thou- or the thousand year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jehovah Shammah, he is there. And again, he's everywhere. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. And he is, uh, what's the other word I want to use, Mark? Omniscient. Omnipotent. Omnipresent. He's present everywhere. Omniscient means he's all-knowing. And I think there's one more in here. Three. Three, just three. He's omniscient, knows all. Omnipresent, he's present everywhere. And omnipotent, all-powerful. All okay. Um, all right, number eight. Jehovah Shabboth. Jehovah Shabboth. And that means the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts. First Samuel 1, 3. Loud. Okay, all right. And uh, uh, Sterling, one more. Romans 9 and verse 29. And Mark, James 5 and verse 4, please. And as Isaiah predicted, if the Lord of hosts had not left us off, if the Lord of hosts had not left us offspring, we would have been like Sodom and become like Gomorrah. That's it? Yes, Romans 9.29. Right, let me just look here. Did, did you say the Lord of Sabaoth? Mine said the Lord of hosts. Okay, same thing. Yeah, the Lord of hosts, which is the Lord of Sabaoth. Sabaoth, actually, uh, it's not in the Old Testament, I don't believe. You only find it in the New Testament, Right. And uh, Sabaoth is a transliteration of the Hebrew word Teshbaoth, something like that, meaning hosts, armies. Um, we see in Romans, uh, James 5 and verse 4. That's the other one. Who did I ask that one? Behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud are crying out against you, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Okay, there it is, the Lord of hosts. And so that's the word Sabaoth. And um, it could be translated Jehovah of the armies, uh, Jehovah of the... It refers to a mass of persons. Um, it could be the God of the armies, uh, of course, speaking primarily of God's people, God's army, His people, okay? And then that brings us to the last one, which is where we are in Psalm 23. Jehovah... Ra'ah. Let's all say it together. Jehovah Ra'ah. And that means the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. And, you know, this was the Lord, this section here we're talking about, the fact that He is a divine person. And we see that just in, just in the names that uh, we've looked up tonight. But this is the Lord, Jehovah, of whom David spoke. And, and uh, the sheep here, remember, this is not David speaking here. It's a sheep that is speaking. He's addressing his shepherd. 
Jehovah. He's declaring that this divine person is the Lord Jehovah. This was the God of whom it was said in Genesis 1.1, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Another verse, there are the, uh, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God, Jehovah, made the earth and the heavens. And so, uh, this sovereign God of the Old Testament, uh, the creator of the universe, He's also the sovereign God of the New Testament, the precious Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, uh, the Good Shepherd of the sheep, whose name is above all names, Jesus Christ. We're told that Jehovah, Yahweh, the eternal God, would come to this earth to be our shepherd and our Savior. <coughs> Pardon me, in Matthew 1, verse 21 and 23. <coughs> and she shall bring forth his son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted, is God with us. Amen. Jesus said this in John 10, 11, and 14. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. So, wrap this up. The great shepherd of the sheep is personal to his sheep, and he is a divine person. In closing, I want to ask you, is he, is the Lord Jehovah, the God who, uh, who, who spoke the universe into existence, the God who created you and I, uh, the God who loves you and wants to be your shepherd, is he personal to you? Is he personal to you? Can you say as uh, David did, the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah. That's his name. And if not, if, if you don't know this for sure, then why not ask him right now, today? You can do that right where you're sitting and ask him to save you and to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, repent of your sin of unbelief, trust him as your savior, even uh, right now. So if, if you have received him as your personal Lord and Savior, then I say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Any, any questions? Any comments? Criticisms? That, that, as far as I know, Brother Gabe, is all the list of the Jehovistic. Are you aware of any other ones, Mark? Not off the top of my head, no. I think those are the main ones. Okay. Point. I was just looking. Yeah. Uh, and, and then again, as I said, there are, we have a, five books, five volumes of names of Jesus. Can you imagine that? How many names that must be? So there may be some that we've overlooked, but, um, you know, I think that we've... we've Pretty much uh, covered all, all, all of his main names. Jehovistic. The ones that are considered Jehovistic names. Okay? All right. Um, well, praise the Lord. All God's people said? Amen. 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 I wanted to give a little more time to prayer tonight, too. So, a little short here. But that catches us up on uh, verse uh, 1. In actual fact, uh, there's going to be more to verse 1. Because not only is he our shepherd, but he should be all we want. Right? Good. All right.